So what this results in is like being in a rowboat with two people and one facing forward and one facing back and they're rowing the different directions and you're just turning in a circle. Actually, I'm going to correct that. What it's like is two people in a rowboat with the oars and they're just beating the crap out of each other with the oars. And now for something completely different. Welcome to Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast. From the deserts of Scottsdale, Arizona, to the sea of wherever you happen to be, this is the Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast. This is Tony Dufresne, PhD, your host. Welcome back. I took a week off because I was overwhelmed and there's too many things going on. So I had to figure stuff out. Uh, it, it's personal stuff as well as just this craziness that's been going on. I do want to do a couple things first. I have a shout out to my newly discovered youngest listener, Isla. She's one and she enjoys the sound of my voice while her mom is driving and it actually helps her to stop crying. So this is the first time I can say that I know of that I have actually, uh, my voice has actually stopped the girl from crying. The second thing is that I wanted to share with you through this, with all this dystopian apocalypse Armageddon stuff happening, I, I'm intrinsically an optimist and I and I like to frame my reality in positive and looking at things to help to create a better life for everybody. That's kind of what my gig is. And I came across this little clip of Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves. And as you know, it's graduation time here in the States. And unfortunately, all the graduates didn't get a chance to go through their walk. And that's an important thing. So Governor Reeves wanted to have a commencement online where he read the names of all of the graduates. And somebody slipped in, graduate Harry Azcrack. When Governor Reeves came up to the name, he just read right through it. I'd like to congratulate uh, Harry Azcrack. And he realized it right as he finished the last syllable. And you could see that he realized it. And he, he didn't break at all and kept rolling. But then afterwards, he tweeted, Harry's submitter has a bright future as a Simpsons writer. In 10 minutes, we'll be honoring more graduates on Facebook Live, maybe even Ben, the pride of the Dover family. (laughs) That is great. That's the type of stuff that you need to look for. You need to frame your reality in in regards to where we're at right now and where we're going to be in the near future. And this wraps into the show and the theme. And and the theme really evolves around the fact that I'm an optimist. And I would hope you would be as well. Because as you know, and as I've spewed out for years, reality is really how you frame it and how you want to see it. Specifically with the current situation with the virus and the pandemic and all of the terrible deaths that have happened and all of the horrific leadership choices that have been made, I think it's really good for us to ground ourselves in some level of optimism right now and going forward. And I truly believe we should be optimistic. And that is just from facts, legit facts. And from historical perspective, because we've lived through so many things as humans, man-made, as well as natural, you know, pandemics, wars, hurricanes, tidal waves. So having this optimistic viewpoint on things, I'm looking for things to support that. And I came across an article, I think it was in Mashable, and it was about a book that concludes that humans are basically good. And it was written by Dutch historian Rutger Bregman. And this is the guy, I don't know if you recall, but he went to Davos with all the billionaires and started bagging on them. 
and uh, and he's the same guy that went on Tucker Carlson's show and started begging on him about being a millionaire, talking about billionaires. And his book is called Humankind, A Hopeful History. And what he concludes in the book, based upon evolutionary biology as well as research psychologists and the new conclusions that they're coming up with, is a little bit different than the basic Darwinian survival of the fittest. What they like to call it is they like to call it the survival of the friendliest. The conclusions that they're now seeing based upon historical research is that over time, we've selected social intelligence in our mates. Now, when I first read that, I paused because if it was worse than it is now, man, I can't even imagine what it was like 100, 200, 3,000 years ago. Because if you look around, social intelligence, to me, is still a very limited resource. But this is what it's concluding based upon factual research, statistical trends, is that we do. We select social intelligence in our mates. And as a result of that, in the book, he talks about people being naturally hardwired to help. Now, I've seen this personally, and I want to talk about 9-11. And the thing that strikes me about 9-11, especially versus what's going on today, we saw everybody coming together. We saw all different tribes coming together. Red Sox fans and Yankee fans, Republicans and Democrats, Country Mouse and City Mouse. Everybody came together because this particular event meant the same thing to the entire group. And I can't tell you how inspiring it was and how moving it was to be there during as the day went on and as more and more people began to show up on the corners with flags and more and more people began to group together in this almost sense of a huge community hug with each other to try to console us and try to help us through this pro- this very traumatic process. And it even happened worldwide. I remember the president talking about getting calls from pretty much every country except for the terrorist countries at the time. Tragedies usually create levels of cohesiveness and we usually rally with each other against such tragedies. And I think the pandemic classifies as a tragedy. Why isn't that happening to that degree now? The answer is very simple. It's terrible polarizing leadership. And I'm specifically talking about this country. I'll use America as an example. The mindset of the current president, the mindset of the current leadership that's making decisions right now in this country is one of divisiveness. It's a divide and conquer. It's also one that instills confirmation bias in people. It creates levels of paranoia, a lack of belief in facts and science, because facts and science contradict what their message is. And so don't listen to that. Just listen to our message. It also results in self-preservation thought, which is thinking more about myself than the greater good of the community. I mean, this is manifesting in people thinking that wearing a mask will take away their personal freedoms. Wearing a mask. So what this results in is like being in a rowboat with two people and one facing forward and one facing back and they're rowing the different directions and you're just turning in a circle. Actually, I'm going to correct that. What it's like is two people in a rowboat with the oars and they're just beating the crap out of each other with the oars. That's what it is. They're playing sword fights with the oars and not going anywhere and just creating waves. And all of this horrific display of leadership and ignorance 
and morons running the asylum. It all reminds me of this old fable, and it's called The Scorpion and the Frog. Basically, it goes like this. There was a scorpion and a frog on one side of a river, and the frog was about ready to cruise over to the other side. Scorpion sees him, walks over and goes, hey, do you mind if I take a little ride on you? I want to get over to the other side of the river. Frog goes, yeah, I'm not so sure because you're probably going to just sting me. And Scorpion goes, no, I mean, if I stung you, then we wouldn't be able to get across the river and we'd both die. Frog sat there and thought about it and goes, all right, you make a pretty good point. And I'm, you know, I'm a giver. (laughs) So let's go. Scorpion jumps on the frog's back. They start cruising halfway across the river. Scorpion goes, bink, stings the frog. Frog goes, dude, what are you doing? Why'd you sting me? We're both going to die. Scorpion goes, well, it's just my nature. It does illustrate the ignorance and the narcissistic nature of the scorpion slash president and leadership because he does it because he can. And in the process of doing this, because he's concerned about his small stinger or small claws or the fact that he has to dominate whomever he happens to be with, it's damn the consequences. And in the process, he's taking himself down. I'm, I would be surprised if that scorpion didn't pop a hydroxychloroquine and chase it with a shot of Clorox before he jumped on the frog's back. The actions are literally absent of any forethought of community absent of any forethought of what's best for the collective now during 9-11 conversely with president bush in the office like him or hate him the guy stepped up the leadership stepped up and metaphorically the scorpion not only didn't sting the frog in that situation but he actually helped to navigate across the river by steering the frog with its stinger tail as a rudder in the water. We all worked together. We all collectively came together. We are in an even broader, even more severe situation now to where there are more people dying every single day than died at 9-11. So let's assume for the record that nothing's going to change in terms of the leadership positions, or lack thereof, over the next few months. So what can we do about this? Well, let's get down to basic realization and facts. According to evolutionary biologists and research psychologists, the world is more about survival of the friendliest. Deep down inside, I think most people are good. Most people want to help. Most people are solid. And they want to be a part of a functional and fulfilling community. Because of the current divisive leadership, I think it's now even more important for us to realize There are leaders who are trying. There are governors and there are mayors and there are community leaders who are really trying to do the right thing. And they are doing the right thing. The frontliners, the doctors and the nurses, they're doing amazing things. So there are people out there. There is that part of reality that does exist. So that's about, again, reframing to that versus just focusing on the nut job taking malaria medication. I think it's a good idea to pivot off of that because it's going to save you a lot of brain cells. And it's also going to refocus you on getting into a groove to where you can be a part of the solution instead of just creating more negative energy to feed the problem. Because it comes down to a philosophy of united we stand and divided we fall. 
And it's as true today as it ever has been. So the call to action, when all is said and done, it's about reframing into the positive. It's about understanding that there's nothing you can do about cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs that's happening right now in terms of national leadership or even in your country if it happens to be something that makes zero sense from a humanity standpoint. And just focus on yourself. And it's about three things. It's about attitude, which is a part of what I've just been talking about. It's about focus, focusing again and reframing the reinforcements to humanity and the fact that it is survival of the friendliest. And the third thing is helping. It's always action. always comes down to action, right? What can you do, whether it be manual labor, whether it be donations, whether it be reaching out to people, what can you do every single day to fill the void of leadership, of adult in the room that's coming from national leadership? Successful grassroots campaigns are just that. They come from the grassroots, and it's because there's a foundation of caring and compassion and empathy and understanding. And a realization that we're all in this together. Whether we're different colors or we think differently, we still are all in this together. And that's the important thing to think about during this particular time. I hope things are good. I hope you enjoyed the show. Again, you can go to javabud.com for everything, the podcast, and you know, videos are on YouTube. You can go to Flash Briefings. Uh, stay with me. Be patient on the Flash Briefings. I schedule them and then I... Don't get back to rescheduling them because you wouldn't believe I got to make like 365 flash briefings for the year. And I'm like, wow, that's a lot of time and effort to put into this. So I'm trying to stay on top of that. So please be patient with that. But if you do go to Amazon, if you have an Alexa, uh, you have some sort of an Amazon device, you go to the skills section uh, with your app and you can find me surrounded by idiots radio podcast. I hope things are great. If you guys have any questions or comments, give me a holler. If you want a copy of the, of the book for free, the PDF copy, please let me know. It's Tony at Java, but be good, be safe, be kind. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. I'm calling all the